Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to the the last podcast of 2022. Yeah, and we're we're two thirds of a decent pastor today, yeah. so we're we're finishing the year strong. <laughs> two thirds <laughs> of a decent pastor. <laughs> yeah, David uh, isn't feeling so good, so we uh, told him to stay home and not infect us with his right. cooties. We don't want to get cooties. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So just just me and Pastor Chad today, but yeah, so we're gonna try to pull it off and, and maintain our level of entertainment with just the yeah. two of us. Yeah, it'll. It'll be two thirds as good as normal, is my guess. But right, yeah, we'll my it. guess too. Yeah, or there Check could with... be like a negative synergy that maybe it's half as good as normal. Yeah, I don't know, who, well, who knows? How was uh, how was Christmas for you guys? Uh, Christmas was was uh, low key, sort of. <clears throat> um, we went out to my grandma's house uh, for a few hours on Christmas Eve, and then we went to my sister's place. She rented a house. She lives out of town and rented a house here for a few days, and. Uh, the rest of us went to her place and hung out for the evening, and it was uh, our grandson's first Christmas, so that oh, was nice. kind of a nice nice punctuation on Christmas this year, and um, yeah, it was good. That's how, cool. How about you guys? Uh, good. It was, yeah, we had the church service in the morning, um, <clears throat> which was pretty well attended. I was I was pleased with that. Uh, you never know what's going to happen there, but we, just a lot right. of people showed up, and it was a really good day, and then went home and did our kind of normal cinnamon rolls and uh, presents, and the grandkids and kids were all there except for one daughter. But yeah, great day, yeah. great food, a lot of fun. Yeah, so you guys did Christmas Day, we did Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I would say for us, Christmas Day was a little anticlimactic uh, in terms of family stuff. I mean, we had church in the morning and right. good good service in the pine. But then, like, you know, we don't have kids at home anymore, so we just kind of lounge around the house and watch movies <laughs> on Christmas Day. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just got word, I know we're not supposed to do announcements, but uh, somebody wants to do a New Year's Eve get-together here at the 3R location, so yeah, that's not truly an announcement but if you go to church here uh we're gonna have something going on around seven o'clock that night games and food and that kind of thing so should should people bring food yep is that how that yeah, works yeah we're not we're not providing food yeah uh, actually bring. i'm not even i'm not even organizing it uh, john and darla brandon were here last year doing it said be cool to do that again and, and it's kind of cool on new year's eve to have a uh, we call it a stupid free zone where <laughs> you can come and hang out and and not do stupid things okay. I feel so. like my life is a stupid free zone. <laughs> and probably, probably you too. You, you and me are kind of similar that way. I try to avoid stupidity. <laughs> but I think, yeah, just, you know, on New Year's Eve, there's a pressure to go out and do right. dumb things. And so if you have a place to go where dumb things aren't happening, well, we can't guarantee that. But, <laughs> but that's, the, that's the idea. So If yeah. dumb things happen, they'll be permissible dumb things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you never know what to do. I'm not even going to go this there. This might John. be a dumb thing right now that we're talking about. <laughs> Probably. Over the years, I've learned that I can't control the dumb things that happen here sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. You just got to roll. We're going to try our best. Roll with it. Yeah. Well, let's jump into to our, our topic today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, predispositions, and then divisions. And I, I picked those words because they all end in the same way. So that felt like... Pretty official, yeah. you know. It's a good pastor way pastor to do things. Work, yeah, but it's yeah. really resolutions, preferences, and divisions. But first up, um, you know, it's a time of year where people like to think about New Year's resolutions and making them, and and so I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about that a little bit. First question is, are you a resolutions guy? Um, no, not in the sense of New Year's resolutions. Oh, okay. What, what are I you? I feel like I'm a resolute person. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that is a you are may, maybe a distinction to have. I, I agree. Um, but I'm not really a, like a New Year's resolution kind of guy um, for a couple reasons. One, I, I think like resolutions are – New Year's resolutions, like they're kind of meant to be broken, I think. People kind of go into them with this attitude that, okay, I'm going to try this, but I'm probably going to fizzle out, you know, in a few weeks. And so, like, what's the point? And I guess part of part of my resoluteness, if you will, <laughs> it's like, you know, why wait? What are you waiting for? Why wait for New Year's? If I, you know, recognize something in my life now that needs to be different, just, you know, make make the change, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, why why wait for New Year's? Yeah, I think that's that. I mean, I, I stink at keeping resolutions, so I don't usually make them because, and I, and they're always unrealistic things, you know. Right. That I, I probably, you know, I'm going to start working out every day or right. whatever, and, and I don't even start. I don't think usually, yeah. so <laughs> it's not even that they have to get broken. But but there is kind of a problem, I think, with this idea of, especially for the Christian, of a new year, new you. Sure. And I think that's what a lot of people do. You know, that this year I'm going to be the best version of me, and 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 I'm going to. It's that kind of an idea, and. It's kind of an odd, you know, odd philosophy, I guess, for a Christian especially. Right. Um, I, I kind of think of, you know, like the Bible talks about, like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it's like, if you if you say you're going to do something, do it. And if you say you're not going to do something, then don't do not do it. Um, and I think, again, going back to just, you know, being a resolute person <clears throat> is that we would be people of our word, uh, we'd be people of integrity, and that, that if we do set out to, you know, to work out more or whatever it is, or, you know, read the Bible in a year or, you know, wh- whatever the thing is, uh, you know, that we would be, you know, people that would, you know, honor our commitments and, and honor our word. And I think what, just when we think of New Year's resolutions, again, just the idea is that they're, they're meant to be broken and they're meant to kind of fizzle out. Yeah, I, it's funny because I've never been a goal setter. Even when you uh, brought up the subject here one time of spiritual disciplines, and yeah. I kind of, I kind of shot it down. <laughs> got some guff for it from a couple of people, but, but there's something about the idea of it, this, it's up to me to to become better. Sure, that I just kick against because I know I, I can't really do that. But the more I thought about it, and, and you sent an article, and I saw a couple other people um, uh, sent it out about it was about resolutions, but it was called yeah. something different. Um, but I, I just thought, you know, it, it is a good thing for us every once in a while to have a time of self-reflection, mm-hmm. whether it's annually, weekly, I might need to do <laughs> Daily. it every day, uh, just to think about areas where, where I'm deficient or where I could do better sure. and and um, and what would honor God in the way that I live. And so, you know, I think church involvement would be something for people to reflect on. Um, health is always something I think people, yeah. you know, are you, are you sharing your faith with people? You know, are there's so many things like that, um, that are good things to reflect on and think about what kind of person am I and how am I treating others and, and how am I, you know, serving the Lord and how am I walking with the Lord and all those things are something we should be as Christians right. thinking about, not just once a year though, like you said. Um, but then if we do decide there's something, you know, where God reveals something to us that is an area that needs to be fixed on, I mean, what, what do we do then? You know, that, that's, I guess the, because again, for somebody like me that stinks at this, right? What, give me some hope, Chad. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think of a, of a friend that, that we have in common who, uh, you know, years ago uh, said something. I'll probably butcher it, but something to the effect that you know, like like we don't have a car that needs a new coat of paint, uh, you know, or that needs to be fixed up. Like we need a whole new car. Yeah. Right. And and so recognizing you know about ourselves like. There's kind of this this self help idea about being a better me that that just isn't compatible with the Bible, yeah. um, and and God doesn't necessarily like God isn't primarily looking for us to be better, 
right? And there, there's kind of a, a theological strain that we would say of preaching that we would say, you know, like someone could preach a message that's try harder to be better. And that, that again, right. just isn't compatible, um, you know, with the gospel that, that we believe. Um, do we need to improve in areas? Yeah. Should we reflect on our shortcomings? Yeah. Should we do things to, um, you know, to, to make up for our shortcomings? Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, God isn't looking for us to be a better version of ourselves. God is looking to redeem our flaws uh, and our sinfulness uh, when we come to him in faith and repentance. And yeah. so it's just kind of a different mindset, um, you know, when, when the gospel is at the forefront of whatever resolutions that we make. And so the hope that we have is that, that God is in the business of redemption. He, he redeems things that even to us are irredeemable uh, and has the power to do that. And so we have hope when we go into something like a new year to say, you know, I'd like to share my faith more. I'd like to be more committed to the church. I'd like to read scripture more. I'd like to pray more, whatever those things are that, um, that, that we're not, we don't have to try harder to be better. We have to trust Christ and what he's done for us. Uh, and as we, become more familiar with who Christ is and what he's done, the natural response to that is that maybe we read the Bible more, maybe we share a faith more, maybe we're committed to church more. I would just say even, even setting steps, you know, setting, setting some guidelines or some goals. You know, if you say you want to read the, the, the Word more and then you don't really, you know, even do anything to try, <laughs> right. probably not going to happen. So I think it's, it's wise. You know, there's this synergy, I think, that we, we do get to participate in this at some degree. Absolutely. But, but, but at some level, we have to understand <laughs> that, uh, Christ has made all things new for us. We are a new cre- yep. creation, so that we don't have to. This year, we need to become a better version of ourselves. He's made us the best version, right? You know, uh, in Him, and it's His work, not ours. It's His work, not ours, right? And that—that's something. But and, and then, of course, the way the gospel bears, you know, c- comes into um, comes to bear on resolutions is the idea that because um, I, t- I tend to feel like a failure. I tend to feel discouraged if I don't meet my goals or if I don't do these things. So, just understanding that you know, we're loved and accepted in him regardless. Right. And he is, he has promised he's going to, you know, complete the work that he started in us. And so even though, you know, you might have a bad year and you might fail all that, you always go back to the cross and, and think about what he's done. Right. And, and, and that's where our hope lies, not in what I'm able to do. Absolutely. So, and then there's something to be said about intentionality, being intentional about, you know, moving closer to our goals. You know, we can't just hope that we're going to read the Bible more and that's just automatically going to happen. You know, right. we, we have to carve out time for it and, and maybe even, you know, make a plan, um, you know, to, to do that. And so there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking steps, you know, in those directions. Um, and, and you asked, you know, a minute ago about, you know, some hope. Um, you know, a hopeful thing would be for me to say, Brent, I want to read the Bible more this year. Can you help me yeah. with that? Can you can you ask me, you know, every once in a while how it's going and yeah. hold, hold me accountable um, and not in an overbearing sort of way, but because you're, you're my friend and you care, um, you know, we, we can, it's okay to do those kinds of things. That brings me full circle back to the spiritual disciplines conversation where yeah. it's probably meant to be more of a, a corporate thing very often than just an individual thing, yeah. which not that it's not an individual thing, but, <clears throat> but so many of these things we do better as the church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's good. All right. Well, if you want to make new year's resolutions, go for it. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think, uh, having just a time before the Lord where you, you just quietly ask him to reveal some things about you that, that maybe he wants to address and be honest about those things and yeah. then, and then kind of, you know, pray on, on what that would look like as far as repenting or, um, you know, adding some, some new disciplines in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the goal of hopefully drawing nearer to him and pleasing him more, um, you know, and not, not in a way to earn his favor, but, but just in a, as an act of obedience and worship yeah. to the God who loves us. It's, it's kind of neat, neat to do that. So. Well, and even, you know, even more than accountability, like finding somebody else that maybe has, 
the same or similar resolution to you. Like maybe yeah. you and I both want to read the Bible more together. And so <clears throat> rather than just saying, hey, I'll pray for you, you know, maybe we do that together. Yeah. You know, but you know, just an, an added layer of accountability and, you know, doing the same thing with somebody else, um, you know, could be helpful. Um, and take advantage of the system that God has built into your life in, in the church with brothers and sisters that love and care about you. Sometimes we want to try to do things on our own and, and not admit our weakness to people, but God has built it in for us that, that we have brothers and sisters who also have weaknesses, right? Yeah. And we need each other. The Bible says that we're members of one another, um, that we need each other uh, in order to, to continue to um, you know, move forward in areas of our life. That's one of, if I were to, to gift somebody a resolution, if they don't have one and you want one, church involvement yep. is a big one because it takes care of so many other things in the Christian's life. It does. <laughs> so, so if you need one, feel free to borrow that one or, yeah. or kick out one of your own and take that one instead because that's a better one. Can I, can I ask you a question? Sure. And, and you can ask me the same one if you want. Um, and I had, this is not pre-prepared, just kind of popped into my head right now, but like, do you, do you have something in the new year that you're like a change that you might be looking to make in your life? You know, I hadn't uh, thought about anything specifically New Year's related, but um, I mean, this morning uh, I was just uh, thinking about a comment I made to my wife. Gosh, you shouldn't have done this, dude. Um, just just a stupid comment I made the other day that uh, I, I just recognized, even though it was a pr- pretty innocent thing, um, you know, just that, I don't know, just, just doing a better job of loving my wife. I'll just sure. leave it at that before I start <laughs> to get emotional or say too much. Uh, but it just hit me like, you know, I, it, I don't know. Always need to do better in that regard. So yeah, sure. I have a really good wife, and I'm I'm a really lucky guy. And and sometimes you just take it for granted. So stepping back and just thinking, man, I need to do better here is, is uh, yeah, that yeah. would be one of them. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> now now you're on. Now yeah. You got to go, dude. I don't have one quite that <laughs> dramatic, but yeah. I just it seems like every every year I, I think about like I want to read more, not like not just the Bible, but just read books more and you know educate myself more. Um, and so. You know, here here I am again. You know, as I have the last few years, I said, okay, I'm gonna you know try to commit to you know reading a little bit every day, um, and I just haven't done it. So that's something I want to do in the new year. That's one I would break. You know, <laughs> I I'm, I'm kind of a I think you are too, but I'm kind of a, a Kindle book junkie. Um, you know, there, there's Kindle books you know for a dollar or two dollars you know every day, and some good you know Christian yeah. books. And I've got more books in my Kindle library probably than I'm ever gonna get to. Granted, some of them are commentaries that, you know, I'm not going to read cover to cover, you know, necessarily, but still I've got a lot of books. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I want to, I want to start reading, reading more books. That's good. Pastor David, if you're tuning in, just, you can just chime in in the comment section with what your resolution is for the year. <laughs> I, he's probably not going to do that. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, predispositions or, or really the idea of preferences. <clears throat> and this is something I think, again, just kind of based on where we're at as a church and, and uh, moving into the new year. This is kind of one of those things it's probably a good idea to talk about occasionally, but everybody comes into a church with a certain set of ideas, mm-hmm. preferences, what they want things to be like, and um, and that can be a problem. Right. Um, so what, just I'll start there. What are some of the dangers with preferences? The, that we elevate them to a level that they were never meant to be elevated to. And That's so they, be, they become a primary thing. Um, it's not bad to have preferences, but, yeah. but when they're ultimate... Um, you know, I just, I just don't think that's what God intended. Yeah. I was thinking it, it, it almost turns the church into a product. Sure. Um, you know, and so you come in with a kind of a consumeristic mindset of, okay, this is what I want my church to be like. I want there to be really great music. Nothing wrong with that. I want there to be really good kids programs. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you, you right. have this idea. And I was even noticing Christmas Eve, we had a lot of new families kind of sh- come with kids. And I thought, man, what, you know, what are they looking for? And right. I had a bit of a conversation with some of my kids too. 
and, and it's always that that interesting dynamic of like some of it's not wrong necessarily, but but even for us, one of the problems with with this uh, this mindset is we want to accommodate that, right? Because we want to grow the church, but at, at, you know, at what cost? Exactly. So, I was talking to a pastor friend uh, earlier this week, um, and uh, who had a conversation with someone who months ago had visited their church for several weeks and then they hadn't seen them for months. And, and the thought was maybe that they were, you know, just check, they were new to the area. So maybe they were checking out other churches. And, and so he reached out to this couple to, you know, find out, you know, how their church search had been going. And, uh, and they just unloaded on him about all the things that were wrong, you know, with, with his church. And one of the things that I thought was particularly laughable is that uh, you preach from a music stand and not a pulpit. Oh yeah, it's, um, and it, like it's a mobile church, and I'd so leave, understandable. I'd leave, I'd leave that church in a heartbeat, <laughs> and, and it that like that was just okay. You have a preference, you know, whatever, but to make that like a deal breaker, um, you know, for a church that I know is gospel centered uh, and a church that's preaching the right things and doing the right things uh, was just <laughs> laughable. Well, let me um, let me throw this quote out that I saw from Jared Wilson on on my feed uh, last week. It says, "If your commitment to church is contingent on all your preferences." It's not God you go there to worship, but yourself. Right. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it, it hit me when I thought about it. It's like, that's. It, it is funny that people, they go there thinking that church is all about them. Right. And, and, and if you have a mind, if, you, if preferences are kind of your priority, if, if you're saying, I need all these things, all these boxes checked before I'm going to go to this church, it, you're going there basically for you, not for anything else, which is kind of an odd way to approach it. Yeah. When I read that quote, it made me think of, of a Tim Keller quote, uh, who says that if you, uh, if your God never disagrees with you, yeah. you might be worshiping an idealized version of you. Yeah. And it's, no, the, sa- it's the same kind of idea. Yeah. And, and I think, I think we in, in Christendom, you know, over years have kind of created this, you know, like if you go back to maybe the nineties, maybe even into the eighties of this kind of big push of, you know, it's about your personal relationship with Jesus. And mm-hmm. if you were the only person on the earth, Jesus would have died for you. Well, that might be true, but you're not the only person on the earth and Jesus didn't die just for you. Yeah. He, he died, you know, for the church, gave his life and sacrificed himself for the church. But, but we've kind of promoted in Christendom, this kind of individualistic type of a faith. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is the product of, you know, what, was promoted for a lot of years. Well, and the the tragic thing about it is it's it's an extremely unfulfilling end, right? Because if you're always going there looking for how this is going to benefit you and what's in it for me, yep. you're missing out on on the goodness of what church is about. Because it's really right. for an audience of one. It's all about him and yep. his glory, and then it's it's about the people around you and how you're going to pour into them. So if you, if you can flip that around and, and stop thinking about preferences. It changes your church experience Absolutely. completely. Yeah, but it, it it's 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 kind of a hard transition to make. I think we've just turned church into something that's so consumeristic that it's a it's a hard right hard paradigm shift. People are conditioned for it, and and we in Christendom have conditioned them for it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and everything else in our society is consumeristic, and so society has conditioned people to approach church in this way as well. I feel bad as a leader sometimes because I as I already said I want to accommodate all of these preferences. There's something right. in me that thinks, okay, let's see, can we make this, you know, can we make this work? But, but what are you doing? You know, if you do that, if the first yeah. thing is that we can't, I mean, there's no way we can do it. Also, it's going right. to be frustrating and exasperating, you know, exhausting, and exasperating for us. But, but then let's say you do it. What have you created at that right. point? I mean, it's not, it's not a great, what a horrible church. Right. Um, you, you know, you've setting. created something that's the, the antithesis of Christ. Yeah. G- Jesus was not a consumer. You know, yeah. Jesus, you know, set aside, the Bible tells us, um, equality with God for a time 
set that aside uh, and considered others better than himself. And so, you know, set his preferences aside. Yep. And, and even when we see in the garden when he prayed, like, if there's any other way, tell me now. Like, like my preference would be for this not to happen this way. <laughs> Nevertheless, you know, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And we're told to have that, that mind uh, in us as Christians. Well, we have something in there. We, we do a newcomer's lunch. We just did one in Lapine recently, and it's been way too long since we've done one at, at this location, um, but we need to do one again. One of the things that we have in there under our methods and distinctions, kind of an area that talks about how we might be a little different or view things differently, um, we, we say this in it. It says, we want the church to be a place where people put their preferences and comforts aside for the sake of others. Uh, this is something we really want the door to look like and be yeah. like. Uh, maybe what does that mean? What does it look like practically? Um, yeah, I mean, it could look a lot of ways, um, you know, but like something that immediately comes to mind is, um, you know, just like distractions in a service. You know, some, <laughs> some people, you know, come to church about them and what they get out of it. And, you know, if there's fussy kids, you know, for example, that, uh, that might take away from that experience. You know, I've seen people just be livid about fussy kids in the service. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago, even having a conversation with a guy who took it upon himself to to set up a camera and pipe a feed into another room where the fussy kids could go. And then he got really angry that the fussy kids didn't go there. And so I suggested to him, well, maybe you could go there and remove yourself from the fussy kids, which made him even more angry Yeah, uh, because it was taken away from his experience. Um, you know, and, and I think if we're, you know, we're, we're an outward facing kind of a church and, and, you know, we, we welcome, you know, anybody and everybody to come and be a part of that. And, and, you know, our way of honoring God in that is to set aside our preferences of, of who might come to the door and, and what they might bring with them and, and, uh, distractions and, and having patience, you know? Yeah. Well, there's, there's others that just, that was one that immediately came to mind. No, there's so many that you can think of over the years that, you know, have, have come up, but I, I think it just comes back to that mindset of I'm not coming here for me primarily. Right. I mean, of course you're coming, you know, to some degree, you're, you're hoping to be blessed when you come to church. Yeah. We all have that. But if that's not priority, number one, uh, priority number one is to, you know, to worship our God and, yeah. and, and, you know, to focus on him. And then priority number two is to, to bless and encourage and build up the people around me. And then maybe priority number three might be, you know, right. hey, maybe I'll get something out of this too. <laughs> if, if, if you go in with that kind of an attitude and mindset, your preferences and your comforts kind of go to the wayside right. pretty quickly. And that's a beautiful way for the church to be super hard. I mean, yeah. I'll admit that's not, it's not my default position. It's something sure. I have to work towards, but can I kind of imagine what the church would look like if, if that was the norm? Right. If, if we all had the mind of Christ among us of considering others better than ourselves. You know, yeah. a lot of the problems that we have in the church would just not be. <laughs> yeah, looking, to exist. looking to the interests of others before our own. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of a couple, you know, in kind of recent history who, um, you know, really struggled with kind of the way things were going in Lapine and, and the crowd that would come in, you know, related to our warming <clears throat> center and um, the distractions that that brought. And, 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 Kind of in fairness to these people, like the distractions were, have been pretty significant <laughs> and, and difficult to deal with, but but they made a comment one time of like, we want to go find a more normal church. Yeah. <laughs> and it had to do with, you know, their their preferences. You know, there, there's a point where, you know, there, there's been a couple things that have gone on there that, that are super distracting. Yeah. And, and we, we do have to, at some point you have to like, you know, reel it in a little bit. Right. But, but again, there's always going to be, especially, I, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was Scotty Smith or I can't remember who it was that said this, but if your church is a church that truly preaches the gospel, it's going to be a messy church. It's be messy, yeah. And, and ours is a messy church. It's a beautiful mess, but, it, but both, both locations have their messes. Right. And, and in some ways it's like, 
the alternative to that is to go to a place where everybody's just pretending like everything's okay all the time right. and, and they're not letting, you know, the real truth out sometimes and being vulnerable. And that's not good. That's got its problems too. So, right. yeah. But my preference would be to not have, you know, some of the distractions that we have. Uh, and I get, I get right. where people are coming from with that. But at the same time, um, you know, God is bringing people to us and we have to trust that, that God knows the people that he's bringing our way and God knows kind of the mess that comes along with that. And, and just maybe it's our job not necessarily to complain about it, but to embrace what God and who God has put in front of us. And, unless um, you get belches and, bu- and butterfly <laughs> knives. Which we that, actually, that happened. We had a guy with a, he, he was just loudly burping and had a butterfly knife that he yeah. was just flailing around. And, and it, was, uh, it was a rough day. Yeah. We had visitors that day too that have not uh, wanted to come back for some reason. No, so. and, and he was the you know, guy was like six foot four, like he was a big guy and just intimidating stature. And we did, and we the did, butterfly knife didn't help. Yeah, it, it, we did deal with that, <laughs> and he hasn't been he hasn't been back because that that wasn't he wasn't there to, you know. Anyway, whole other thing, but yeah, yeah, and and you know if, if we're a church that's preaching the gospel, which which we are, and and, and if that you know attracts non-believers, you know that's going to bring people our way that that don't know the acceptable church etiquette. And we have to have some patience for that with people that, that might not know, you know, how they're supposed to act, um, you know, when they come into a church because it's just not part of their normal, you know, life, and, and they just, they don't know. Well, and we have to remind ourselves, but such were some of you. We, right. we, we forget those verses, and Absolutely. we forget who we were and, and where we'd be if, if we weren't allowed in. Yep. So, you know what? Somebody let us in. Uh, somebody had compassion on us, and, and we need to do the same for others. Yeah. Or, you know, where would we be? So always having that, that right. mindset, I didn't deserve to be accepted into this group. And if they would have known everything about me, they wouldn't have wanted me here either. And, right. You know, all those things have to, you, you don't, you know, remind yourself of that yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> I, even though like I'm kind of rolling through the memory banks as we're talking. And I remember years ago, a guy uh, had an issue with uh, sermon length and it wasn't that he wanted them shorter. He wanted them longer. Huh. It was his preference. You know, he was, he was kind of an academic and, and enjoyed learning, uh, but like it was a big deal to him, um, you know, that sermons be at least an hour long. Um, in 30 minutes, like, no, like, forget about that. Like, you can't even do an adequate job in 30 minutes. Right. Um, and that that was kind of a deal breaker uh, for this guy that the sermons uh, weren't long enough, which usually we hear it the other way around. But Right. Yeah, and that would, again, be one of those preference things where, you know, what, what's going to work for the majority. And, right. And if you really want to hear a, an hour long, listen to it twice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we, were, we record them. <laughs> there, so. there you go. There you go. Go into a room by yourself with a camera you and go. listen to it again. <laughs> Well, the last one that is on the list today is I'm talking about divisions. And this one's kind of a, another, again, timely thing that occasionally good to, to think about because preferences can get to the point where they get so ugly and so you know, weird that, that divisions begin to happen. And so sure. um, unfortunately, division in the church is fairly common. Why do you think that is? Oh, there's my water. Man, my, no. my water came unstowed. <laughs> I got it. Um, I think division in the church is common because we're people. <laughs> we're, we're sinful Sinful people and people, yeah. Um, we're, we're not perfect. Yeah. Well, you think about what the you know the church is made up of people from walks of life from from different. There's nothing else that really like, is like that where you come together into this one you know one giant sandbox and and have to try to find a way to get along with each other. That wouldn't work in almost any other setting, right? Usually, when you have you know groups of people together, there's some so there's, there's something more you know. That, that's bringing them together. Sure. And it's, you know, a common denominator. Yeah, there's and, an affinity that brings people together. Right. You know, and, car and, club, yeah. whatever. And ours is a need for Christ, obviously, which yeah. is there is that common denominator, but but it is a weird mix of people, you know, to, to ask to get along and to love each other. Right. So, so yeah, it's not it's not surprising they exist. Um, why are divisions dangerous? 
Um, again, it goes back just to preferences that we can make our preferences an ultimate thing, um, which is usually what leads to division. Um, I think you have a question coming up of, you know, when there are times it's right to divide, and we'll probably get to that in a yeah. minute. But most of the time, I think when, when division happens, it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good because of our sinfulness, because of elevating our preferences. Um, we're selfish. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't consider others um, in those things. And so... You know, I, I was just thinking good. about the, the fact that it upsets God. Yeah. <laughs> That's dangerous. Uh, we're, we're doing something that he's very upset about. This is his church that his bride he loves. And if we're causing disunity in it, it's a big deal to him. And so he even, you know, in 1 Corinthians 10... Um, uh, or not 10, chapter 1, verse 10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Um, and, and then there's another verse that I, you know, it's, it's a rough one in Titus 3.10 that says, As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing to do with him. <laughs> that's serious. Yeah. yeah, that's like not messing around. That's not messing around. <laughs> and And so that's... Divisions are, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that. You know, you see how people come in and start to, and it's usually to do with preferences and all that, where you, you start to kind of get some people over on your side of things and you start to kind of talk and backbite a little. And before long, you've got a, you've got a rift going right. on in the church. Um, and, it, and it's, it's ugly. Yeah. And God doesn't like it. I'm, I'm sad to say I've participated in that. I have times too. in yeah. my life. Yeah. I have to. I probably even instigated it. Sure, yeah. At times, you know, which <laughs> right. is, but but it's uh, it's something that I think again you need to take a step back every once in a while and evaluate. You know, yeah. am I doing this? Am I am I creating discord? Um, am I harming the unity? And and if we are, because uh, the other thing that's dangerous about it, I, I think we don't think about sometimes is what it does to the watching world. Right. You know, what does it do to our testimony? When this is going on, when, when when the church, when the world sees churches split, when they see us just backbiting, and it, it's it's ugly. Yes, shouldn't exist. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. So, so the scripture that you read <laughs> talked about that, that we would all agree. Yeah. Does that mean we have to agree on everything all of the time? With, I think it means with me. So yeah, as long as it's your, <laughs> as long as you're agreeing with me. Okay. I, I can get behind that. No, I, I you know I was going to go into that idea um, as far as um, is all. Um, division wrong. And, and I think Ephesians 4 um, says this. It says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called uh, to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, yep. one God and Father of all who is over all and um, through all and in all. Uh, there is something that we are to agree on. There is something that we, there, there is an orthodoxy, there is a, yep. a tried and true, you know, belief system that I would, you know, people would probably say this is like a closed-handed um, thing. There, there's certain things that go into a closed hand. We don't, yeah. we don't compromise on. We must agree on. And then there's other things that I would say would go into an open hand. Sure. And and those are the things, unfortunately, that seem to cause more problems sometimes. Right. Is the open-handed <laughs> things. So that would be stuff like, do you believe the gifts have ceased, or you know, is tongue still something we yeah. do or not? Uh, when is Jesus coming back? Is the, when, when's the rapture occur? Right. What's going on with the end time stuff? <clears throat> or even um, you know, not not necessarily doctrinal issues, but you know, the style of music or the length yeah. of the sermon or the color of the carpet yep. or you know, whatever. Yeah, and some of them are even even harder things about like you know, women's role in ministries yeah. and some of those things. But but they're not they're not affecting who Christ is and what He's done. They're not affecting salvation. 
Um, so, so those are probably the closed-handed things we must agree on. Right. Uh, but, but they're not normally the things that cause problems. Most, most churches I know. Well, I mean, we're getting to the point where people are starting to question the the authority of God's word sure. and things like that, and that, that would be a closed-handed one for me. But generally speaking, that's not the stuff that we we tend to right get you know weird about. I saw an article quite a while back, so I might not be remembering all of it correctly, but the Gospel Coalition put out something about spiritual triage or theological triage. can't remember exactly what it was called, but it talked about, you know, like the primary closed-handed issues, things that we don't budge on, uh, and then secondary things where, um, you know, maybe within Christendom, you know, we would divide over a doctrinal issue, uh, and then kind of tertiary things that, you know, they don't really affect, you know, doctrine or, or salvation or the gospel or anything like that, and it comes down more to preference. Anyway, it was, I remember that being a helpful read. Well, and I, I, somebody one time said something to, to the effect of, um, can, or they asked the question, can there be unity apart from truth? Because I think we, we see that happening in the world today yeah. where you have a lot of people that are saying, we, let's, yeah, let's, let's all gather together and be unified. Right. But we, we don't all believe the same thing about God. We don't all believe the same right. thing about the afterlife. We don't. So we, at some point you can't be unified in that. And that's right. where, that's where there are going to be things we divide over and must divide over. And so even in first Corinthians, the same you know, chapter one, Paul says, make sure you all agree. And in chapter 11, he says, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe that in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. So Paul's recognizing there are, there are people who are true Christians, and there are people who are false Christians. There are accurate teachers. There are false teachers. There's all these things that exist. And so there are times we have to divide. Uh, What would be examples of a time to divide maybe? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, theological reasons pertaining to, you know, salvation and the gospel. Right. I mean, that's a—but but even even in that, like, we can divide in a way that, that maybe honors God and is respectful of people. Charitably. And, and yeah. We could, yeah, charitably, that's a good word, and we can divide in a way that's very uncharitable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we tend to see a lot of uncharitable division— um, you know, we, we don't have to be mad and angry at people that don't think like us. We don't have to be offended at people that don't believe the same things that we believe. Right. And we can divide in a way that still maintains a level of unity and showing love, you know, for our brothers and sisters. I mean, I think there's also a difference between a non-Christian and, and somebody who calls himself a Christian. Absolutely. Um, you know, a non-Christian, we shouldn't expect them to agree on anything. Where, right. You know, I don't expect them to agree with me. Why would I expect the, you know them to do the same? And so more charity there, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you've got somebody who's a, a false teacher, that you know, dangerous, like a wolf among sheep kind of right. person that's calling themselves a Christian, that snuck in, that's, that's you know, like se- secretly, <laughs> you know, dividing the church, um, you got to throw that person out on their yeah. ear and, and call them what they are. Not, there's no charity involved in right. that. You just, you know, <laughs> you, you show them the, show them the door as right. quickly as possible. Um, anyway, that's the other thing I think about when I, when I think about unity, I think there's this kind of push for us to try to um, to create unity, and, and the cool thing is that God's created it for us. We we have unity in Christ. He he's right. he's made the unity, but he's asked us to maintain it. So in Ephesians chapter one, um, or sorry four, I keep looking at the wrong things. On the line. <laughs> I've got my glasses on and everything. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentle gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? I think of an example. Um, there, there's a guy I follow on Twitter and he's written some books. So maybe he might be a familiar name, but guy, Jonathan Lehman, uh, who I just, I just have mad respect. I don't agree with him on everything, but, but I have mad respect for him. And he talks about um, his endeavor to bring more light than heat. 
mm. into contentious situations. Um, and, and I watch, you know, like he, he gets picked on, you know, on Twitter quite a bit. And, and he, to me, it's a, just a master class on how to charitably disagree, how to charitably push back, um, how to maintain unity on divisive issues. And I just really appreciate his whole approach uh, in that. And so just that idea of bringing more light than heat is helpful because a lot of times we want to bring the heat. I would say there are people who just thoroughly enjoy right, they thrive on stirring it up, you know, yeah. almost <laughs> like, hey, there's a there's a hornet's nest over there. Right. And they they want to go grab, find it. a stick and, and give it a good whack. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just have known people that they, they're constantly trying to stir it up. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And it's almost for their own entertainment, I yeah. would guess, because it is fun to watch, I guess. Sure. If, if, if you're <laughs> if you're divorced, you know, that got spirit from the whole thing. Right. Um, but man, again, you're going to stand before God one day and, and answer for how you've you know, react or how you yeah. behaved in the church. So yeah, and and you know, Christ's call to you know that that you know the world will know who the disciples whose disciples are by the way that they love one another. That I mean, there there is no greater opportunity than in the midst of contentious and divisive issues uh, to show love for brothers and sisters. Now, your distinction earlier about you know false teachers and heretics that that's a whole different ballgame, right? But you know, when, when we're sitting across the table from a brother or sister who you know, for example, might have a different end times view than we do, you know, we don't have to bring the heat, you know, in that. We can charitably disagree and show love and respect for one another. Well, and not only that, but again, because this has come up recently, you know, and um, just call it out, I guess. But, you know, when somebody doesn't agree and then rather than just acknowledge that we don't agree and agree to disagree or whatever, yeah. th- th- there begin to be those those little conversations that right. happen around, you know, wherever they are. Hey, do you know this? Do you know that? Yep. Making it, making a problem where a problem doesn't need to exist. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure where, what that is exactly, but it's almost like you want to win people over to your viewpoint. I think, I think that's something that's innate in me. I, sure. I recognize that. But again, what, at what end, because what are you really doing when you're doing that? You're creating disunity, whether you re- realize it or not. It doesn't mean that people can't question us as pastors right. or question what we're teaching or what we believe that should be done. And maybe even at a public forum, it yeah, can be done in a, in a sure. healthy way. Um, but, but not that whole backbiting thing that goes on. Right. That's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so something that we, we constantly, I think, have to work at uh, constantly needs to be you know, brought to our attention, our, our own propensities uh, to divide, our own propensities to elevate our own preferences. Um, yeah. I, I probably do it without even knowing it at times. Um, sometimes I know it, but, but at times I probably don't even realize you know, that that's happening and just need to be reminded of it all the time to, to strive for the unity in the church. I think it's a great time just again to, to kind of think about 2023 and both locations and all that's going on. And so um, if, if we've been asked to maintain unity, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, uh, what are some ways the church can do that? Um, yeah, I think first and foremost, and easier said than done, but not getting offended at people that don't think like us. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good at that because I think everybody should think like me. And if you don't, then like I'm, I'm I question everything about you, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we we quickly get offended by people that hold different views than we do. And I think, you know, realizing that, that Jesus loves the person that I'm offended at and Jesus died for the person that I'm offended at. Yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe they're offended at me <laughs> because I don't think like they do. Uh, and again, endeavoring to bring, you know, more light than heat, you know, in, into circumstances and trusting that, you know, within our church that people uh, are all endeavoring to love God as best they can and having some patience, realizing, okay, I don't always get it right. So if I don't always get it right, you don't always get it right either. And I would want you to be patient with me. Therefore, I'll exercise patience towards you. Yeah, more more grace yeah. is always is always appropriate. Yeah. I, I just thought, you know, one of the ways the church can do this is to be teachable. Yeah. Um, so many people aren't. And, and, uh, they've already dug their heels in and they're right. not, they're not budging. 
and and having a, a humble, teachable attitude goes a long way. Yeah, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've thought a certain way and and dug in and even you know was obstinate about it and then found out later that oh wow there's another way to look at this yeah and I and had to rethink it and even change my position at times so sure. there again there's closed handed things that we're not going to do that with but there's a lot of other things that yeah. there's room for you know room for um, learning and we should always be students yeah but I think even on the closed handed things where you know we're kind of resolute to not budge like there's still an attitude that says I want to learn more about why you think the way you think and right. not in a way to like crush you. <laughs> But, but in a way to understand. Well, and, and again, know? truth will hold, hold up to scrutiny. So if something right. is true, you can you can actually test it. it it's Absolutely. okay to do that. So not to say you don't you just blindly accept it. Right. Test it, sure. But there, you're going to find that those things are you know remain to be true. Yeah. There's other things though. Some of the open handed stuff where, you know, we we've been wrong before. We'll probably be wrong again. And, sure. and so you don't you're not going to don't create a hard line there. Yeah. It just yeah. So, so make having sense. a humility that says like I I could be wrong. <laughs> right. Even though I don't think I am. I could be. Yeah, and again, you think know. about think about the, the way the Lord views this. Would He have His church split over something that's just totally secondary that really doesn't matter in the scheme right. of eternal things? No. So, what about us as, as leaders? How do we promote unity uh, with a heavy hand? We just help. We just <laughs> beat people into submission and say you must be unified. <laughs> I think I, I've probably been doing it wrong, man. This is, this must this might be a better way to make it happen. That was completely tongue in cheek. Yeah, for, I knew that <laughs> for people that might not have picked that up. Yeah. <laughs> so humble. Um, I mean, I think we model it first and foremost yeah. as best as we can. I mean, and and when we get it wrong, because we will get it wrong, um, you know, that we acknowledge that um, and show people what you know humility looks like as best as we can, and show people what repentance looks like as best as we can. And that's not always easy, but right. um, you know, I think we have to start by modeling, you know, what it is that we're trying to teach. No, I think yeah, understanding our position is under under sir, you know, or uh, un, under shepherds. Yeah, I don't say under servants, but uh, we're not the top dog. Uh, Jesus is. Uh, so we ha- we should have a posture of humility, yep. teachability, approachability. Uh, if we're defensive, whenever somebody, co- you know, when somebody comes to us and wants to ask, you know, but I always appreciate it when, when people come to us, um, if they have a concern, if they have something going on, this is another way to maintain unity is yeah. come and talk to us. But we need to make right. sure that that's, you know, that we're approachable, approachable, you know, right? Yeah. Um, but I, lo- I love that when somebody's got, you know, they've heard something, they're concerned about something. Uh, they come to find out, did I get it wrong, or is this real, or why are you doing right. it? Maybe an explanation. All of that stuff is, uh, in my opinion, maintaining yeah. unity. Well, I think about as an example of that, uh, I think about like during the pandemic that there were there were a lot yeah. of, you know, conversations, you know, going like kind of side conversations and, you know, closed door conversations. And, and we heard about things that happened and, and we had some people that came to us. Um, and uh, even though we might not have agreed on all of the issues related to the pandemic, I think every conversation that we had ended with, you know, unity and love for one another and charity for one another, mm-hmm. simply because, um, you know, people were willing to talk about things that were maybe uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah, that's good. I think there's a, a an aspect where we need to be as transparent as we possibly can as yeah. well. There's some things we can't let the whole church know about. There's some things that go on that, that sure. you know, just as good pastors, we can't just open that up. But there's a lot of things that we can make sure everybody knows about what's going on rather yeah. than them wonder. Because if you're wondering, if you're guessing, you're going to come up with scenarios. If right. you're like me, you'll come up with the wrong kind scenario. Of worst case scenario. Worst case, yeah. <laughs> and if you gather a few people together, you'll come up with some wild stuff. Yeah. That's not good. So whenever we are able to, you know, let things out there and let them be known, that's partly why we do newcomers lunch is partly why we do the town hall meetings that are coming up in January. Uh, so we can just kind of lay everything out. Sunday mornings aren't always the best time for that. But again, most of the time, if you have a question or a concern, give us a call, make an appointment, let's sit down and talk about it and and, and make sure that we're trying to maintain unity. That's an important thing. Cause there's going to be times when we agree to disagree. And I would also just want to point that out as well, that part of what the church 
I think has to do um, the local church. If the people that are going to that church don't trust the pastors, don't trust yep. the vision, don't trust the mission of the church, and and aren't going to be able to get there, why are they at that church? Right. Um, and again, it doesn't mean we're perfect or infallible, or that our, our you know that that we can't adjust some things because we might need to at some point. But in general, if if you have no confidence in in the direction of the local church yeah. and the leadership there, go find a church where you do. Don't stay there and just cause right. problems and create, you know, and it, that's that's so dangerous. It is. And I would still try to sit down with us, talk to us, let us know what, what you're thinking and why. There's a good chance we'll have something to learn in all of that yeah. and maybe even adjust to. But in general, what the door is for the last, you know, decade is pretty clear. And if you're not on board with that and you know you're never going to be, yeah. that's okay. Why, why fight it? <laughs> We're not the church for everybody, but don't don't hang around and just cause problems. Right. That's that's. It's not helpful for the church, but it's also not helpful for the individual or the couple uh, that might be doing that. No. Um, you know, I think many people, um, you know, their church experience is nothing but contentious because of what you're talking about. Right. Um, is that they come into uh, a, a scenario where, you know, there isn't a trust for the leadership. I remember um, years back we had a guy show up at our church who basically was a self-proclaimed watchman on the wall yeah. uh, as he called himself and, and his job was to find the things that were wrong and and to you know bring them into the light <laughs> that's an awesome job it, it was for him <laughs> um <laughs> i'd be what, good at that what, what, a, what a rough way you know to to um, you know be a part of a church is to be the guy that always is you know got got one eye open you know not trusting anybody to do the right thing and and, yeah, and he was a very divisive person. Um, that just is a rough way to be a part of a church, and I think many people, maybe not to that extreme, but many people have kind of that that type of an attitude, um, you know, going into a church where you know they're there to point out the things that are wrong and to you know bring their version of what's right. You know, fortunately, I would say that we don't have a lot of those folks. Right. The problem is they're very loud. They're very right. noticeable. They're very and, and they really do. Um, they can really create waves. Um, it's it's funny how just, you know, a little thing or, you know, it's dangerous. And it goes back to what we said before. At some point, you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, hey, how did you treat my bride? Right. Because his bride's not perfect. We'll be the first to say that. We know we're not perfect leaders. We know we're not the perfect church. we got a lot of problems. But but we're precious to God. Right. And you're going to have to answer to him someday. So be careful how you do that. And then just think about our testimony yep. to the outside world. If we're ugly to each other in the church... What does that say to the world? Whereas if, right. we, if we do what Jesus said and, and we love each other and lay our lives down for each other, the testimony that that has, that we're his disciples and yep. that there's no question about it, that he's in our midst, that's a, that's an amazing, powerful testimony. Yep. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I would say in general, we have uh, a pretty been pretty fortunate. Uh, we've had a, a few uh, wing nuts yeah. here and there. Uh, <laughs> we've had to ask to leave. And we've had a few you know people that have been disgruntled and some of them moved on. And I think it's always going to be there. But in general... Sure. Uh, there's a tremendous buy-in from from our church, yeah, and it from, really uh, seems like and, it. and there seems to be a, a wonderful spirit of unity, um, maybe more than ever um, in in a lot of ways. Yeah. I know there's always going to be little little pockets and things, but I think in general we're encouraged by the things we're talking about. Very today. much so. Yeah, uh, people tend to put their preferences aside yeah. very well here. We're not bringing this up because we this is a passive aggressive mm-hmm. way to address a problem that we think is out there right now. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> just, not. just a reminder that we've always got to work at these things. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about with resolutions. Just that. Yeah. Every once in a while, some self-reflection. How are we doing? How could we do better? Right. But in general, the way that the church, uh, both locations, the way they love and care for each other, the way they love and care for us. Yeah. Um, Pretty remarkable. Really remarkable. Yeah. So keep up the good work and, and you know, continue to outdo each other in love, as, as the Scripture tells us. Yep. 
Um, but I'm excited. I'm, you know, 2023 is upon us and, um, super excited for what the Lord has in store for us. And yeah, we'll just absolutely. ask people to commit to pray, pray for this next year, pray for, uh, the opportunities that we're going to have to, um, strengthen the church and, and hopefully, um, reach out into the community to see more and more people come to Christ. Yep, absolutely. Um, the harvest seems to be white. Yep. And, uh, we got a lot of workers, so let's get busy. Let's right? get to work. Yeah, right. That's good. <laughs> Anything else, or you want to pray pray us out? Um, I think we covered what we meant to cover today, so let me pray. Thanks. God, we're thankful uh, today as we uh, just reflect upon uh, what you've done uh, in our lives and in our church in this last year, uh, and as we look forward uh, to the new year and what you're going to continue to do. So I pray that you would help us, um, help us as pastors to lead uh, the fellowship in a way that uh, that is honoring to you and in a way that's loving and unifying, and uh, we pray just for our congregations that you would um, help all of us that are a part of it to, to strive to maintain unity and the bond of peace, and that you would help us uh, as we love one another to show the watching world uh, what a follower of Christ looks like. Uh, And through that, we pray that you would continue to add to our numbers, uh, those who are coming to know you, and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for for tuning in week after week, and uh, uh, it's a pleasure to do this. We we enjoy it a lot, and it's it's neat when we hear that it benefits people as well. So uh, if if you have any ideas for us, we'd love to hear them. Uh, If you're enjoying it, let others know. Yeah. It'd be great. Have a great week. Yep. We'll see you next year, right? Next year, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.